Hello, and welcome to the Two Tongues Podcast. Oh, yeah. How's it going, man? Kyle, buddy. It seems like it's been a long time since we got together. It does. It's been longer than normal since we've been doing this. You know, it was a <laughs> longer break. Yeah, so we did have the Easter break, and uh, we had we had one podcast release that we had scheduled that we already recorded, luckily, so we still had that Easter uh, episode come out. Uh, but you and I didn't get together, so it's been like two weeks since we hung out. Yeah. How was your two weeks? Uh, you know how it is, you know, uh, with, with the holidays and all that. I did take a little... Holidays? What was Easter. Oh, Easter, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. that's right. Pay attention. I tried um, to, but... <laughs> and, I, and, I did, and I did take a, a little, like a long weekend with the family, which was cool, but... Um, but I'm, I'm happy to be back doing this. Yeah, it's fun. You know, I've been looking forward to it, too. I I, I like these, uh, you know, what we're going to do today. I've been enjoying th- this type of episode, the yes. times we've done it. So. Yes. So to that point, we're going to be doing another current events yes, indeed. podcast. And I think this is something that we'll pepper in uh, from time to time. I don't think it's going to be scheduled like a, like we're going to do this regularly. But if, if ever we don't have something else prepared or if we just want to have a light a conversation. We'll just go to we'll just go to one of these current events podcasts. I actually don't hate the idea of doing it regularly, to be honest with you. Um, but I mean, I I want to keep doing like the other things that we've been doing too. But I li- I like this. I think it's fun. No, I think it's fun too. I I just mean I don't want to be locked down to a schedule oh, yeah. like we're gonna do this. I don't want to be locked every down Wednesday. Nothing. No. Uh-uh. <clears throat> All right. So have you been over the last two weeks paying attention to the news? You know, I've actually been paying attention to the news less over the last. You know, cut like month, month and a half, something like that. Just 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 for sanity's sake? Yeah, I'm just kind of bored with it. I mean, it's all, it's just all disappointing, you know, so, although some of it's entertaining. Not as entertaining as it was with with Trump in office, that's for sure. A lot more boring. That's That's for sure. Hey, before we jump into the news, um, I do want to mention that we have uh, a little bit of work being done right now on the podcast logo. Oh, shit. And the art... Is looking pretty terrific. Yeah, it's pretty. It's awesome. I'm excited about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's my first venture doing any kind of like um, graphic design or anything. I, I didn't do it. Obviously, I, I hired I hired somebody to do it. Dude, I bet you could have done it. Yeah, but like to do that, I'd have to learn all the software and that. Oh, that's right. It's not like you get a fucking pencil. Not you know? anymore. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's one of the problems we're having with the logo now is it's hand drawn, and so uh, apparently. Tech companies would rather it not be, so we're at, we're at, you know we're having some trouble with uploads in various areas because of the image. So hopefully this will solve those problems and we'll be out there in the airwaves everywhere. Yeah, that'll be sweet. Sweet. Uh, I don't know, man. I I feel weird about that. That it's so hard. And just to be specific, I'm talking about Apple. Yeah. Um, it's weird to me that they're making it so hard because of this image, you know? It is weird. I thought about why that might be. And, I mean, obviously there's tons of podcasts out there. And the more podcasts there are, the less quality ones are. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's harder to find the quality ones because it gets drowned out by all the riffraff. Yeah. So I think... The Pareto I, distribution. <laughs> Pareto distribution. Shout out to Jordan Peterson. Yes, indeed. So it, uh, you know, it occurs to me that 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 might be a technique of weeding out like the really low budget uh you know people who aren't committed enough to let's sure. say have a professional logo done yeah sure <laughs> uh that maybe it does that 
um, and that and that Apple's just more selective about what they want to have available, you know, without trying to, you know, b- build up walls that people can't sure. can't go, get over. I think that this experience has made a Spotify man out of me personally. I'm trying mm. to listen to all of my shit on Spotify now. Um, uh, yep. I, I didn't immediately go to Spotify when when Joe Rogan uh, went went to Spotify. Yeah, I just stopped listening to Joe Rogan. Pretty much same with me. Uh, but I did eventually get back over. It, it had mostly to do with our podcast being available on sure. Spotify. So yeah. so I went ahead and got into it. But there's things about it I like. So listen. So watching Joe Rogan on Spotify. Um, I can listen just like I always did, but it also incorporates the video. So while yep. you're listening to Joe, you're also kind of watching the YouTube. You're watching the, the video. Spotify, pay us. This is a great commercial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to Spotify. Um, in any case, in any case, um, where were, where are we going with this? Oh, I don't know. Where were you going with it? I don't remember anymore. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you. Since we brought up Jordan Peterson. <clears throat> I listened to his podcast with Jocko Willink. Did you listen to I that? I have not got there yet. Yeah. I, I mean, it's like the newest one, I think. Um, and it, it was pretty good. Jordan Peterson seems like he's like fleshing out again. You know, like he still seems a little off to me. To oh, be he definitely seems off. So when, yeah. you, when you say fleshing out, what do you mean? You think he's getting his spirit back? Something like that. I don't even really know what that means. I don't know what fleshing fleshing out means either, but it's just something. He's just like more how he used to be. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Because, uh, well, he's been co- completely incognito, and then when he came back, he was only on the air with his daughter, mm-hmm. and it seemed like that was a bit of a safety net, mm-hmm. and it, those conversations weren't long in the beginning, and you could tell he didn't he didn't have the patience for them. He didn't, he didn't have the enthusiasm, but... Sit, even if you're, you know what, especially if you're in a position like that, sitting down across the podcast table from Jocko Willink, yeah. that'll inspire a motherfucker. Oh man, Jocko's the best. So maybe that's what happened with, maybe that's what he did with with uh, Jordan, uh, Dr. Peterson. Yeah, it was a good podcast. It was, um, that was the first Jordan Peterson I've listened to in a while. It was, uh, they did it via Skype or whatever. Oh yeah, okay. Which... Not ideal. You know, I would much rather they were in person like they had been for the past ones they did. But, uh, I mean, there was, like, interruption issues, mostly from Jordan Peterson, like, just stomping all over mm. Jocko. Just drop something. Oh, that's all right. Oh, it's your phone. So I did I did notice, um, I did notice that on these new, uh, these new episodes that Jordan Peterson's put out since he's come back, that he, he's a little bit, like, I don't know if I want to call it impatient, but he does things that I kind of notice myself doing at work. Okay. And that is when I know, like, I have to get to step C, and anybody trying to go in a different direction, I know they're wrong. Like, let's, let's, let, how about you shut the fuck up and let's get over here to step C so we can start making progress. Yeah. That I kind of like cut to the chase and it, and, and it, I don't have the patience for it anymore. So it's, it's rude. It's, it comes across as a little bit rude. And that's what I noticed. In Jordan Peterson, it's like the conversation is going one way, and he's like, "Oh no, it's going, it's 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 going this way. Yeah. This is the right way for the conversation to go. Mm-hmm. Fuck what you have to say. Let's 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 get back over here." And he didn't used to be that way. Yeah, I don't necessarily. I don't know. I don't listen to as much Jordan Peterson as you do. I don't think, uh, and I don't know that I've necessarily seen him doing that, um, but. I don't really, I don't really like that. I guess you know. Uh, go back and listen to the one he did with Brett Weinstein. Okay. And I think that's where I noticed it. Okay. But so you mentioned, you mentioned listening to the most recent one with Jocko. Yeah. And I actually, um, 
I, after listening to the last one before Jocko, who I can't remember anymore. Anyway, I actually went back to the beginning of the catalog and started listening to some of those early lectures again. Okay. Uh, like way back, like, like, like episode 10. Okay. Um, and it's just a different thing. You, you know, it's funny cause we talk about his, I mentioned Kim getting his spirit back. When you go back to his first, uh, that first season and they're literally lectures with mm-hmm. an, with students as an audience yeah. and they like ask questions and raise their hand. It, it's that's, that's the original podcast. That shit's all on YouTube too. <clears throat> on YouTube too. Yeah. And point is that he was a much younger man. Yeah. So you know he had he had his youth he he didn't have the all the you know the sickness and drug addiction that he, he that he had to go mullet. through. He had a Canadian mullet. He was a proud Canadian peacock. You want one, bud? You want one? <laughs> the point is, um, listening to him then, you can just hear uh, you can hear the passion. You can hear the um, you know the spirit that that he had as a younger man. That when you listen to and he obviously capitalized on that during his. Uh, during his to- his tour, his like national, you know, international oh, yeah. tour, you know, he, th- it, but that was it was took a toll. It was hard on him, you know. But back then, when he was in, just just doing his college professor, you know, role, uh, he really had he really had something. And uh, it's interesting the comparison between that. And granted, it's been years, and today after all that he's been through, yeah. But this isn't a Jordan Peterson podcast, Kyle. I mean, it might, it can be, can be, yeah, yeah. It kind of is. This kind of is a Jordan <laughs> Peterson podcast. He's come up like more than anybody. I uh, think. I love that guy. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that. Like, why? Uh, when I encounter um, a character like that, you know, whether it be like reading a book and it's a new author, or like watching a video and encountering somebody new, that somebody who has some something that I admire. And it, it, it's weird the way I look at that now. It's like, I, I get a little obsessive. My wife will tell you. It's like, it, it, it's not just like, oh, I found it, found this new guy, Jordan Peterson. He's saying some interesting stuff. Sure. And I'm going to like, as a hobby, I'm going to like expose myself to more of this I'm guy. I'm going to read this guy's book. I'm, I'm gonna casually. Read, I'm going to re- casually read his book over a series of months. No, no. For me, it was listening to podcast after podcast after podcast after podcast from the beginning up to the current. And then doing it again, and then doing it again, and while I'm doing that, I'm reading his book and listening to one of his other books on audio. And it's like I'm trying to capture something that this guy is giving off that I want for myself. Yeah. Like I, I want to become something that this guy is, and uh, and I'm searching for that. And I, and it's like I won't stop listening to what this guy has to say until I figure out what it is. Yeah. And I figured out some of what it is. Do you feel that with other? Like intellectual people, yes, I yeah. fe- I feel that with other intellectual people, but I also feel that with like ordinary people. Okay, um, and obviously not to <laughs> not not to the obsessive uh, way I just described. Well, most people don't have that much content that you can like obsess over. You know, well, that's true. That's true. But there but there are people like uh, like my dad, sure, or you know your dad for that matter, um, Sam who was on the podcast, uh, yourself actually. Uh, Matt, who we've talked about, and he'll, he'll be on the podcast one of these days. Shout out to Matthew. Come on, um, get on it. So there are people that, that have qualities that I admire, and I guess the, the strange thing to me at this point in my life is realizing that what that admiration is, it's not like a quality in somebody that I'm like, you know, good for you. It's like I want that for myself. Admiration, oh, a- admiration is like a, sel- it's a selfish, it's a selfish emotion. Sure. Yeah, I mean, we, that's very Ayn Randish. We, we brought her up earlier. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I, again, I just, this podcast going off the rails. But you remember, <laughs> you remember, uh, w- you know, when I first met uh, our buddy, our buddy Matt. One of the things that struck me from him is uh, his generosity. Yes. Yeah. And you can see that, you know, and this goes back to when that kid was was a teenager. Yeah. You know, probably probably forever before I knew him. Yeah. And, but the way you see it over and over and over again as he's grown up in his life and, and uh, it's just something I've, admi- I've admired that I, that I didn't see myself as quite that good of a person in, yeah. that, in that way. And I wanted to be more like that. Yeah, I definitely, uh, I admire certain people's generosity too. Matt is one of them. I think it's, you know, my brother, my youngest brother and Matt have become pretty good friends. Like they hang out. That's when, interesting. You know? Yeah. Uh, so they're both, those are two of the most generous people I know, mm. you know? So it, I, I admire, I do admire people. I, I wish that I could be more generous basically. Mm. Um, I mean, I could be, I can be, I think I can be generous, but I just yeah. wish that I was more generous, you know? But that, you know what that is, man? That's a calling for you to be yeah. more, to be more generous. Yeah. And the more you say to yourself, I wish I could be more generous sure. and do nothing, the more that's going to haunt you. So you, you got to be more generous and the world will fucking reward you for that. We'll see. <laughs> uh, okay. You want to get to the news? I mean, I guess so. Okay. So this is what I did. Normally, normally Kyle in this situation pulls up Reddit and starts going through um, the news. The news. And we'll do that. Um, but what I did is, and I described this to you guys last time we had one of these current events, is how I get the news. And that is to intentionally go to certain conservative places uh, get a look at the headlines mostly just to see what they're talking about. And then just to kind of pivot over to more liberal sources and do the same thing and just kind of notice, are they talking about different things? Are they talking about the same things? What are the angles? You know, what are they trying to get me to, to think about? Mm-hmm. Because that's what it is. It's manipulation. Media is a monopol- monopolization of your thoughts. These people are just trying to, uh, you know, to, to, put, to, take up headspace you read an article and suddenly you find yourself for 10 minutes thinking about this bullshit somebody put in your head yeah so that's why i want to figure out what are we what are they putting in my head all right and this and the first thing i noticed and i wrote some of this stuff down this this here are the conservative sources i looked at this is this is one page maybe maybe 10 like significant articles these are the liberal sources so they are two full pages to in comparison to the to the one conservative page. Okay. So just without even going into details, you can see that the sources themselves are overwhelmingly. I mean, this is just a sample size. Yeah. But two to one, maybe a little bit better. Two to one liberal. Yep. I mean, it, there's not a huge conservative presence. That's for sure. You know. Uh, you know, we have a two tongues Twitter account now. What is that? We sure do. It's at Two Tongues Pod. There you same, go. Same as Instagram, right? Follow us. Uh, yep, that's right. Same as Instagram. Follow us on both. But uh, you know, talking about like the presence of, um, cons- no, I, I don't even consider myself a conservative, but just like dissident voices. Um, yep. You know, I've been. I, I couldn't start our. Well, I could have, but I, I didn't want to. I thought it would be better if you started the Twitter account because I can't start new Twitter accounts. They just ban me immediately. So, I mean, it extends beyond traditional media well into social media that uh, people, dissident voices and especially conservative voices right now are just being erased. You know, I don't don't know if that's the right word, but censored censored is. Yeah, that's a good word. 
It's yeah. probably like the most literal word. So it's interesting. This whole this whole thing about social media is that it's like it was cool when it was new, mm-hmm. and every time something new comes out that's successful in the social media realm, um, you know it. it there's a huge flow of traffic and interest in that direction each time there's a new thing. But if you remember when it was new, why it was cool. I don't remember really. It was cool because it wasn't controlled by the, the, oh, well, the big, the big true, yeah. news media outlets. It was independent. It was grassroots as they like to say. Yeah, yeah. It was all that. It was all that. But people had a voice and they weren't, and they weren't being filtered and they weren't being, um, you know, they, they weren't being told what to say. Yeah. Uh, and because it was successful as a result of that, it's like it's like a underground black market news. Because that was successful, now social media is become um, dominated again by the same big media outlets that that were the traditional media came from, and larger and larger growing. Uh, I don't know if I'd call them monopolies, but um, you know gr- groups uh, that that dominate the uh, the ownership of those of those organizations. So it's like what made it cool is that it wasn't mainstream. Yeah. And now it's mainstream. And the only and the only thing they can do to fight that is to continue to pop up new social media uh platforms that that aren't already in the fold. Yeah. But even that is becoming more and more hard because you know, a lot of more libertarian minded people kind of worship private companies, but these are not private companies anymore. These are these are companies that are corporations that are walking arm in arm with the state. That's right. So yeah. they cru- they use legislation to crush any of that new competition. I mean, I don't know. Do you know what happened with that company, Parler? I remember vaguely. That it has something to do with, uh, obviously, they were a conservative uh, a startup they social a media platform. Speech. I wouldn't even say that they were conservative. They were just, you can say... As long as you're not breaking laws, you can say what you want. Right, right, right. Yeah. But targeted. But there was a there, there was, was a large following yes. among the Trump supporters at yes, the time. That's true. And so, uh, so I remember that, and I remember, well, I remember that they were actually getting some traction, and then suddenly they had a conflict with whoever was providing their servers. Yeah, Amazon maybe or something. Yeah, it was basically what happened was the first thing that happened was Apple said, if you don't start censoring people, we're not going to let you on the App Store anymore. So that was first, and then <clears throat> then the server thing happened. They had their servers through Amazon.com or, you know, Amazon, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, which, rookie move on Parler's part. I mean, don't let your don't, – don't be in the hands of Amazon, you know? Oh, yeah. But, I don't, you know, so that's spooky as hell, man. That's like these two private organizations getting together and uh, – um, Kyle's laughing. <laughs> Kyle's laughing because we're now going on 20 minutes into the podcast. And, I, and we're, we're talking to each other, and I just oh, realized I, I'd never put my headphones on. <laughs> like, it sounds, why does it sound so weird? That's okay, funny. so then he sees me, he sees me, my eyes get big, and I reach over and grab my headphones, and he thinks, that's funny. It is funny. That is pretty funny. That got me. Oh, man, I don't even remember what I was saying. We're talking about parlor. Parlor. Yeah, well, you know, there's not much else to say about that. It's just creepy. You know? Yeah. Um, 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 all right, listen, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the news. All right, let's go to the news. <clears throat> okay. So, all right, I want, I'm, let's just go through the conservative news sure. first. And if you want to tit for tat, we can, yeah, but, we let, can me, but let me show you what I came up with. First article here is about major league baseball. Yeah. What the, so fucking boring. Why are we talking about baseball? <laughs> yeah, I know. And <laughs> here's the headline. 
MLB's move hurts minority-owned businesses. Oh, we're talking about politics and baseball. We're talking about politics and baseball. Um, I, I mean, I well, you said you weren't following the news, so maybe you no, didn't know. I, I've heard a little, you know, I know a little bit. Like, okay. I, I can't avoid it completely, but um, I don't know, like, the finer details. So. Well, yeah, I mean, so, you know, long story short, Major League Be- Baseball was set to have, um, you know, an event in Atlanta because of the the news at the time about their laws oh, uh, yeah. to strengthen the voting the voting security, you might mm-hmm. say, if you're a conservative. Um, that pissed them off, and they said, well, we're, we're just going to take... Uh, the venue we're going to change the venue and just and just remove because of as a punishment to Atlanta for making this terrible decision. Yeah. Um, and then on the conservative side of that of that story, you, this is what you're getting. MLB's move hurts minority owned businesses. So I have a couple thoughts about it. The first one is the obvious one that they're saying because Major League Baseball wanted to be m- supportive of the liberal um, oh boy agenda yeah. surrounding uh, you know the voting legislation reform uh, or voting reform uh, because they want to be seen as supporting that they they make this they make this decision to remove this uh, event that where there's a lot of money attached to it in the community yeah. uh, for pe- you know all the people that are going to be there all the shopping and eating and all the stuff they're going to be doing with these small businesses mm-hmm. in a, in an inner city a large inner city like Atlanta where the where the business owners are uh, a lot of them are are uh, black and minority businesses yep. so by punishing Atlanta for making this decision about their voting laws yeah. it's like you, you know, you, they, this is the same people that would never, you would imagine, would never want to uh, take money away from minority-owned businesses sure. yeah. are doing exactly that to, to stick the middle finger to uh, the city of Atlanta. It's like, know. who are you punishing exactly? Like, what are you? Yeah, I, it's fucked up, man. Um, and, I mean, I, I, this is... I understand... I, I'm not a huge fan of voting. You know, I just... Uh, so, I, it's hard for me to... Like to agree with either side, but I mean, I can see why if if we live in a system where voting is what decides things, I understand why people want a secure voting system. That makes logical sense to me. Absolutely. Um, that that makes more sense to me than voting. That makes more logical sense to me than voting itself on some level. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think the the woke. I I even hate that word. Me too. Woke. Me but, too, man. But, you know, it is useful. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I do know what you mean, yeah. So, you know, it's just nothing surprises me who they go after, to what level. It's, you know. You know, it seems to me like if you ask somebody the question, um, do you think that that more people should vote and that voting should be, uh, it should be easy to exercise your constitutional right to vote, it should be easier for citizens to be able to vote, do you agree with that? And then ask them, uh, do you do you do you agree that it's important that our uh, elections are secure sure. and on the up and up and actually represent the will of the of the people? Um, well, I think most people are going to agree with both of those statements. Um, but but you could ask those those questions, and depending on how you answer, where your more strong strong feelings are in the first question or the second, you can tell off the bat whether you're a liberal or a conservative. Sure. And that's so effing sad because the truth is it should be, it should be easy for people to exercise their constitutional right to vote. And it should be, um, you know, 
under no scrutiny that that the outcome of the elections are legitimate. Those both should be equally important to everybody. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I'm not the hugest fan of voting. Um, so, but I, I agree that if this is the uh, the situation that we're going to be living in, then yeah, uh, the both of those things that you said, those points that you made, make total sense. If that's what we're going with, I don't want people to be able to like crack it open and you know roll, you know, then put what, in new, you know, stuff ballot boxes, blah blah blah. Then, then why even vote? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. And, and, and you have to wonder if that's the end game. If if the vote if the vote becomes completely rigged to the point where everybody knows it's rigged, yeah, and no and nobody can do anything about it, and we're all just sort of consigned to that. Then whoever it is that's making those pulling the strings behind the scenes is going to make the vote every time, mm-hmm. regardless of the situation. So people just don't vote anymore. Yeah. And then what happens? Then then the political class continues to make those decisions for us. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and it, you you have to ask whether that's what they want. It sort of seems like that's what they want. Yeah, I think so. Why should they leave it up to me who gets to fucking be be in power? It should be their it should be their decision. They're the one. They're the smart ones, right? We we, yeah. we elected them into office for a reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, th- all the stuff with Trump and I don't know one. You know, we've talked about this before. I don't know one hundred percent that Trump it was stolen, but I. If you t- if you showed me incontrovertible evidence that it was stolen, I would not be surprised at all. I wouldn't okay? either. Okay, so if that comes out, um, and Trump supporters, you know, they're like, uh, what I don't understand is why Trump supporters are like twenty twenty four. It's like, well, if they fucked him over this time, uh, just <laughs> which I kind of like. I, I, I like undermining people's faith in the electoral system. That's yeah. fine with me. But, but I think it's <clears throat> I think it's lack of conviction. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's lack of cojones uh, in, in a certain in a certain way that if you felt that way and there an in, incontrovertible evidence came out that the election was stolen from from Trump, that um, a person of of um, you know uh, <clears throat> a person that that you know follows their convictions would feel impelled to do something about it um, right then and there, not wait till twenty twenty four. Yeah. So when you when you know th- and that always makes me think again to your point about whether we're all conspiracy theorists now is that I wonder if that sort of a message uh, just seeing the push for 2024 or whatever it is that that's just another way of uh, pacifying uh, the people and making their decision for them yeah. that even if we we were to get information that said the Trump that the election was stolen that. Our 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 route of getting vengeance is twenty twenty four. It's not it's not it's a, down the road a little it's bit. It's not more. an insurrection. It's yeah. not it's not something violent or something you know drastic today. Yeah, but it's it's, it's a little little bit further down. Yeah, the road. It's just follow the part of the process. Yeah. You know, of course. Uh, what what's the saying? What's the cue saying? Trust the plan. That's the, that's what the they plan. said. So for four years, these cue people said trust the plan. You know, building up these conspiracy theories about crazy stuff that was going to be happening none of it happened you know so yeah that's just another like trust the plan i heard that in the soviet union they okay so the bolsheviks took over Mm -hmm. and there were people who opposed the bolsheviks even after the bolsheviks took over and the bolsheviks co-opted those people and had them continue like opposing them because Uh, it just like pacifies people and nothing's ever really happening oh my gosh yeah, that's, isn't that crazy? That's interesting. So, like, they make a theater of the mm-hmm. competition. 
So they have a pretend competition, so they don't have to. They don't have to deal with a real one. Doesn't that seem like exactly what's going on right now with <clears throat> so many things? It does, and it, it's also brilliant. Yeah, it's that's so like evil genius. Brilliant. Yeah. Jesus. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> Smart, scary people. All right. News story number two. All right. What do we got? Uh, economists, investors concerned over inflation spike. Fueled by stimulus payments. Well, we kind of talked about this last time. What economists? Like, who's? I mean, I don't. I know you just have that, but like, I would be curious to know: Are these like conservative economists? Is it like Peter Schiff that we're talking about? Yes, because okay. all of these stories here come from uh, come from very conservative oh, that's right. sources. Yeah, that, you, you broke it in. So half. these that's right. these economists. So yeah, we're right now we're looking at one side of the argument entirely. Yeah. And so the, in this case, the economists and investors are talking about, I would imagine, are the conservatives. Yeah. Um, or, or maybe those re- rationalist, realist people that that see the writing on the wall, even if they're liberals, they sure. know you know inflation might <laughs> might be coming. Could be a problem. Um. So so that's interesting. So, you know, I, I think the interesting here is that the interesting thing here is that brings up a point about um about whether it's good for us to be uh receiving these stimulus payments whether it's good for the federal government to be funding these sorts of things uh, at all mm-hmm. if the consequences in the long term are going to be way worse yeah yep and, you know it, by the way that's the only article that I came across that's asked that question on the conservative and liberal side of things the only one it's disturbing man because that seems like such a problem you know like people you know the aocs of the world i saw when i was looking through headlines earlier today that bernie was like we need to we need to act now on um <laughs> climate change you know yeah because that's such a big a big threat but we're gonna i mean do these people remember i mean i know they don't remember the actual great depression but do they not remember learning about it in in school i mean it's scary shit people starving you know people selling their kids yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's interesting, man. Um, I don't know the answer, um, but but I do think there's a, a legitimate concern about inflation, and nobody seems to be worried about it, and, and nobody seems to be talking about it, and that's mm-hmm. what that's what bothers me. It's not in the public consciousness, and it, what it reminds me of is being uh, being a younger man. Um, you know, and, and living paycheck to paycheck strictly being sure. just, you know, just back in the day um, and being afraid at times. Like, I'm just not going to check my account balance today because mm-hmm. I don't need that stress in my life. Yeah. You know, I, like if I if I check my account balance, I'm going to I'm going to find information I don't want to find. So I'm just going to brush that off for later. And that's what I that's what I feel like is happening here. We're spending, 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 spending and just not looking at that at checking account balance. You know what? If I have overdraft fees, I have overdraft fees. We'll deal with China later. Yeah. Yeah. This. This problem has been a problem for a long time, okay. Uh, but this COVID stuff has made it crazy. I mean, the amount of and it's not even it's not even like they're getting the money through raising of taxes. They're just printing new money, hence the inflation. Um, do, do do you know how many billions it's been so far? Billions, billion. Oh, trillions. Excuse me, trillions. How many? Many trillions. So you know what's funny about that to me. And every every citizen of the United States listening to this podcast, which I think is like six of you, pay attention. <laughs> pay, pay, pay attention because this is uh, this is important. Hi, mom. <laughs> um, oh, now I lost it, Kyle. Oh, pay oh I atten- just built it up. 
Oh, fuck. What were we talking about? We were talking about <laughs> the, the coming collapse. Uh, well, I guess... <laughs> Start buying canned food, basically. No, no. <laughs> too much too much buildup. I lost my train of thought. God damn it. Okay. Um, stimulus payments... Next next article. Actually, you know, I did want to I did want to mention one thing about the first article that I thought was interesting that I I skipped over, and that is, you remember MLB's yeah. move hurts minority owned businesses. So the thing that's interesting about that headline is that it doesn't sound like a headline from a conservative source. That's true because they specifically say it hurts minority owned businesses. So I have to point out the hypocrisy for a second that you have a conservative source uh, saying that shame on you Major League Baseball for hurting all these poor minority people in Atlanta let's say um, that they're taking that opportunity to point out that MLB is is uh, making decisions contrary to what their you know supposed goals are sure but under ordinary circumstances would never want to point out specifically make a distinction between my you know minorities or anybody else because the goal from a conservative's perspective to end racism is to consider everybody to be equal and not not to focus on groups the way that the liberals continue to want to do this you know power dynamic between groups that they won't fucking get off that fucking horse yeah <clears throat> so the the fact that this minority owned shows up in the in the title to this article on a very conservative news source. OAN is the news source of this article. Um, I think that's interesting. It's like they're using they're using a, a, a play out of the out of the playbook of the liberals, and I think it's a little bit uh, it's a little bit cheap to me. Yeah, I think so too. And I just don't think I don't think that that kind of stuff is helpful I, I mean it's no. like you're just like acting okay you're acting exactly like them yep. I mean and it, it's not what am I trying to say here like the pro, the progressive liberal mindset it's like this mind it's this like locked in place mindset where you can point out their hypocrisy all you fucking want to and they don't care they do not give a shit and you're wasting your time you're wasting everybody's time um, so I just don't even think it's worth, you know, make them look stupid, you know, make them, but don't like, don't play their game. I don't know. Well, I, <clears throat> I have a, a, an idea that popped in my head. Tell me what you think about this. Remember how the, uh, like the, um, uh, 1960s, uh, leftist radical groups, um, trying to remember like the, the weather underground and yeah. some of those people, how they, how they had strategized about how to, um, how to infiltrate the system and you know going going back to the 60s if you kind of fast forward to today you can see how crazy successful they were oh fucking hey in doing that yeah um i lost it again buddy well that's all right but they uh, have been crazy successful in doing oh yeah that. you know that term the cathedral oh yeah we talked about that yeah uh, so the guy who kind of mincius moldbug yeah that guy exactly <laughs> he uh, his real name is curtis yarvin um he is basically, if I understand things correctly, I don't want to put words in his mouth. He's a smart guy and he talks, he talks a lot, you know? So basically what I'm under the impression is that he, uh, and now I lost it. I was talking about Curtis Yarvin. Yeah. We're talking about the cathedral. Oh yeah. Uh, basically he's, uh, yeah. Okay. Now I remember, uh, he was under the impression that the universities are 
like the the intellectual elite that's the those are the people who are like basically controlling things because they're pumping these people out from these centers of uh indoctrination these yeah. universities and these people go on to i mean you can see the effect they're having on oh, yeah. everything right now oh yeah but you know what's interesting about that is that those those professors that are the ones like you say churning out you know like like you know like um uh, all these young 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 people that have been indoctrinated with these liberal ideas out of college with college degrees inserting them into business and, and industry right yeah. all over the place those college professors are not paid well they're not they're not like making the money that the politicians are making they're, they're not yeah. they're not retiring millionaires those those people sure. are those people are like workhorses for the sure. for the for the the powers that be and that you know they 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 should be the ones that are the most that are the most pissed that they're not you know benefiting as much yeah i think that that's well basically some of the people in the university system are making a lot of money you know um, it might not be the people teaching the classes, mm -hmm. but the people teaching the classes are beholden to the people who are making more yeah. money. You know what I mean? To, you to think about degree. like the tenure system and stuff like that and how, you know, basically the fact at, at universities, from what I understand, the faculty hires like the teachers hire teachers. It's not the Dean or the, you know, because Interesting. he doesn't yeah. know anything, you know, he's like, you know, I, I don't even know what to call a dean. I don't, I, you know, what does the dean do? He's like the principal of the college, yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's not like he's well-trained in any of these particular right. things. So he has to rely on those people. And they, the people who are at the top of the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like Hierarchy. divisions. No, like. Oh, the, uh, the, like the chair of the department. Department. Yeah, that's yeah. the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh, you know, that person's probably doing pretty well. And they're in charge of hiring all the, the professors and stuff and the professors, yep. you know. Well, it's, it's interesting you say that because I do remember like going back to my college days, especially like thinking about graduate school, that um, people people would say, um, look and see what look and see who the faculty is. Mm -hmm. Because you want to pick a school based on who's there at that school that, that aligns with your area of interest. Like, so you, so you can see that if the faculty was, was involved in choosing who got, who got the empty position, who were we bringing on board? Uh, and you had, you know, four out of five people in that department that are super liberal. What are the chances they're going to hire a conservative to fill that role? Yeah. They're not going to do that. Yeah. So in short order, you can see how the, how the, um, university system would just become overloaded with with uh leftist yeah, types and, th and that's what happened and that's exactly yeah. what happened yeah i think that that's definitely true that's definitely happening i don't know if they are like the driving force behind everything in america but oh no i think it, they definitely have a huge influence and that's beyond question I, I think you know you look at just how prevalent this back to that word that i really don't like all this woke shit is mm. I mean, they're obviously having a big effect. That's that's where these ideas are coming from. Do you think it's too much of a conspiracy theory to suggest that the push in the 90s when we were growing up for people to go to college and the government making uh, making federal loans available for kids to go to college and, you know, suggesting all kids should go to college and that kind of thing, mm -hmm. that all of that stuff happened in order to funnel the youth into the liberal indoctrination of college? I... That would not surprise me at all. Um, I, I, 
That's a brilliant idea. If that, if that was their idea, that was a yeah, great idea. On that, that I, I, I don't know. That could be completely nonsense. But I do think about that because it does seem to me, and we've said this before, that the left, when you look at their arguments and you see what they're doing, they, they do seem to be uh, working three, four steps ahead. Mm-hmm. And the conservatives don't really seem to be doing that. They yeah. seem to be dealing with what's going on right now, and they're moving one step at a time. So to imagine that maybe that was orchestrated is like something that's within the realm of believability to me. That makes it so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, what you just said about how the difference between how the conservatives and the liberals operate is so true. Um, Man, it's so hard to have respect for the American conservative of, you know, right now. Uh, You know, Trump, there's a lot that I didn't like about Trump, for sure. But Trump... You know, he had a certain, a certain, uh, just attitude that that was better than the Republicans now, better than the conservatives now. Um, but yeah, a lot of these people, they're just like intolerable. That's that's interesting because that stuff about Trump in the um, in the Republican Party that shows up in the news stories I've I've looked at recently, but none of them really on the conservative side. Really? They're showing up on the liberal side. And it seems to me like it's the intention behind it. It's it's Politico basically is who's doing is who I'm seeing it from. Got it. But that what they're doing is plant, planting this seed of doubt um, that uh, that Republicans aren't happy with uh, or aren't aligned with Trump. That the oh. part the party is not aligned with Trump. That Trump doesn't represent the party. Um, and in, in order to in order to separate Trump from Republicans, so that seems to be what they're doing. They're going to try to make him out like an independent lunatic that doesn't have the support of the party. That's what they're trying. That's what they're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another difference between how the conservatives and the liberals operate is that the liberals, it's like they're moving to get power. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And once they have power, they use that power to get more power. Yep. And the Republicans are just not doing that. You know, they're, I, I don't know. Like, sometimes I think that they're, like, controlled opposition. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, you just... I, I don't know. You know, that's that's kind of conspiracy theory-ish, but... You know what makes me wonder what we just said earlier about um, about the liberals structuring um, co- funding college in the in the 90s so that more and more kids would get filtered through the, uh, the, the university yeah. systems. Yeah. Um, that... Uh, yeah. I, I, go ahead. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. I just I don't think it ends at uh, at college. Or I don't think it starts at college. I guess I should say, you know, you just look at like the oh. public schooling system, and it, the whole thing is a mess, man. I would love to do an episode where we talk about, but I mean, I would have to like do some preparation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know some stuff that I could talk about, but it, it you know, I would like to be more specific. Mm. But I, I am hugely opposed to. You know, like pretty much everything, I'm hugely opposed to government involvement in education. I don't think that they're helping at all. I think that they've demonstrably made everything worse ever right. since they've been involved in yeah. it. So, yeah, I mean, what what makes you think that uh, that a politician can? And this is this is the uh, hypocrisy of the politicians. Is well, what makes you think a politician can, from the top down, um, help every specific industry do what they do better? Yeah. It's like I'm because I'm a politician. Somehow I'm I'm an expert. I'm an expert of everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like why, why don't we leave education up to the educators? Sure. Why, yeah. why why do we think the politicians are going to be able to tell teachers how to teach better? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't even doubt that 
you know, you get these, this guy, he, he starts some successful, like let's say it's a trucking business. He starts this huge trucking business. He's super successful, wants to get into politics, and he becomes a senator. Okay. Right. Yep. So I can see how that very smart and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like a go get him mm-hmm. guy. Yep. I understand how he thinks he could help, but I think that he also needs to like, needs to have a mushroom trip and learn to be humble because he's not going to know how to do all of it. Right. You know, um, that's the maniacal arrogance we talked about. Absolutely. So many times. You're it right. Flashes its face but, all the time. But it's to your point, it's good intended most of the time. Sure. I, yeah. I think that's true. Yeah. I mean, maybe not most of the time, but, but it's good intended for, yeah. for a lot of people, you know, to, to, you know, to say that I, that I, because I've done so well with my life, let's say that I think I could help somebody else. Yeah. That's a good natured thing. I would encourage that. That's a great thing. But to think you could tackle something, you know, way over your head is a whole other thing. That's, you know. Yeah. Helping one person is maybe something. I, I would say that, you know, Bill Gates, if he knew me personally, he could probably help me do something. I think we've talked about this before. It's like, <laughs> give me money. Give yeah. me money, Bill. You got a lot of it. That'll help. Um, but he's not going to be able to help everyone with all of their problems. Right. He's not a fucking God. He's not a God. That's right. So yeah, I mean that kind of stuff drives me crazy. Yep. And that's like, uh, a libertarian, like Ayn Rand, who we, we talked about before the podcast. And I mentioned her, she's like one of these persons who like worships like the gods of industry. And on some level, I totally get that. But uh, I do think that there's a tendency to take it a little too far. Uh, Bill Gates doesn't get to tell me what to do. Uh, I don't care how fucking smart he is. I do. I do love Ayn Rand. The thing that that stands yeah, out about too, for sure. The thing that stands out about Ayn Rand to me is the way she the way she makes her heroic characters. Um, and I think that she must have been like this herself in, in some way, or admired it in some way. To be like uh, at some point to become so resolved in the in the uh, virtue of their goals. That they'll let nothing stop them. That they cannot be deterred. That even they'll go through you know hell and high water uh, to do what they know they were meant to do. Yeah. And and uh, having that level of like uh, confidence and surety, it's something that just doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And it's just you know the way she puts it out there like something to be admired. It fucking is. It's admirable. Yeah, for sure. I I really. I have a lot of respect for Ayn Rand too. There are definitely things about her that I don't enjoy. Like um, her tendency, you know, she, you know, we did that episode about Murray Rothbard, the anatomy of the state. Oh yeah. Um, she knew Rothbard and they like were in the same circle for a little while. And she did this to a lot of people. She just like find something to disagree with them on and then like turn their back on them, on them completely. Mm-hmm. Like be not just like, we're not, you know, I'm not going to talk to you anymore, but we're talking shit, you know, like she's like, (laughs) so, and that is something in the like libertarian movement that drives me crazy. It's like all finding all this stuff to, you know, basically calling people racist, uh, stuff like that. It's like, uh, I mean, I just want to leave you alone, you know? So you can't, you can't offer me the same respect. Well, thing about the libertarians is that that those ideas are appealing to young people. Yeah. Um, so you end up with a lot of the supporters are college kids, just the same as they are for for the Democratic Party. They're they're up that those ideas are appealing to people who are young enough to still be idealists, to still think that that you know they can change the world in one fell swoop, and that it's you know uh, that haven't been uh, jaded by like the rea- by reality basically. Yeah. 
Um, so I imagine that the people that support uh, the Libertarian Party are, are a lot of young, you know, college-age kids. Yeah, I mean, you remember the Ron Paul movement, which was, you know, probably the height of the Liberty Movement. Um, yeah. That was a lot of young people, you know? I mean, you think about what happened with Bernie these last two elections. Well, that happened with Ron Paul, like the, oh, yeah. the election cycle before that, but... Kind of the way that they did Bernie, they did they they did Ron Paul. Dude, that's interesting that you put it that way because I I agree with you. Mm-hmm. The the Republicans did not want Ron Paul no. representing them, and the Democrats uh, did not want Bernie representing them. Yeah, and they conspired to keep that the way they wanted it. Yeah, and that's true. Yep. But Ron Paul is fucking awesome. Ron Paul is the man. I mean, Ron Paul is probably the first like libertarian guru i guess i I don't know i don't know the real the right title for it but he's like the first guy for me like he's the one who kind of brought me into it um so you know did i ever did i ever tell you my ron paul story about calling into a radio show no (laughs) i don't think so I, i called into a radio show one time my whole life i never called in to request a song in the 90s i never called into nothing I never, I never called in for a freaking sweepstakes, but, but I was driving to work. I was like 20 years old. I was driving to work in the morning, and uh, <laughs> I, was, I was listening to this. Uh, no, no, it might have been on the way home from work. Anyway, okay. it, was an AM, it was an AM radio station. It was a, a conservative talk show guy. That was a, like, it was a local or regional, not a big guy, but he was talking about Ron Paul. Okay. And uh, so I was listening to it. Um, and he was talking a lot of shit about Ron Paul being was. an isolationist. Oh, man. And so I'm like, I can't hold my tongue, sir. I got <laughs> so, I, so I pick up the phone. I call him. I'm nervous, man. I've never been on the radio before. I pick, I pick up the phone. I call him. And I'm on the air with this guy. So, so I told him. And I was so funny because I was like, well, listen. Dr. Paul. And I was like very intentional. Like, yeah. this guy's a fucking doctor, mind you. Yeah. Dr. Paul. And I just explained to the guy that I couldn't disagree. Like I, I, I like the guy. He mostly I agree with him, but I could not disagree with him more um, on, on his critique of Ron Paul being an isolationist. Like it's one thing to be in a position where you think that the United States should make everything it needs for its citizens within its borders and not trade with anybody and be completely closed down like 100%. North Korea. Yeah, that's not what fucking Ron Paul wanted yeah. for America. One hundred percent. You know. <sighs> So anyway, I, that's the way he was putting it, and, yeah. it's, it's, and it relates to this whole Trump era today in that even from this kind of low-level uh, conservative AM fucking talk show host that you got, you got a uh, pushback against Ron Paul as the representative of the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Even from this local AM station, you, you got somebody who agrees with the powers that be that decided he wasn't going to have a chance. He wasn't going to have an opportunity. Yeah. I mean – You wonder how much of that is – well, I mean, he did pick out a a particular issue and was kind of disagreeing with it. But a lot of the people who wrote wrote Ron Paul off, I wonder how much of that was just, like, pragmatism. Like, there's no fucking way they're going to let this guy do it, you know? Yeah. But, I don't know. I love Ron Paul. That's That's the moral of that story. All right. Let's get to another article, Kyle. All right. So there's one in here about uh, Representative Massey and this whole gun control uh, conversation that's going on. And so Massey said something about... Uh, one Biden. of my favorite politicians. Oh, is that Love right? Love Thomas Massey. The, yeah. He said something about the statement Biden, Biden made about uh, the reason for this gu- gun control executive order uh, was full of so many lies. This is what he said. So I, I actually re- read down through the article and it was like listing what the lies are. 
But one of the lies says that gun control is popular. Like, like uh, people assume that uh, gun control measures are generally acceptable. People are, are you know, in favor, are in favor, largely in favor. Yeah. Uh, but they said uh, he was talking about how, in practice, for them to get anywhere close to to passing gun control measures, that they have to uh, they have to pay for those political advertisements out the wazoo like really? they have to really shove it down your throats to get enough people to to vote in favor of those things historically yeah. so it's not something that people uh gen- in general want as as evidenced by the actual you know actual voting numbers yeah unless it's been shoved being shoved down your throat go ahead no uh, sorry um he also said there was some critique about um how many people were denied uh the ability to buy a gun talking about that these are like criminals and people yeah. that, you know that aren't allowed to buy guns anyway and made some reference to there being over a hundred thousand um uh records of valid um you know not non-criminals being denied the the ability to buy a gun it's crazy which is a lot which is a lot but a hundred thousand for the population of our you know yeah, almost 400 really million people much, but um yeah I, I mean i don't know what the circumstances are there but it just it sounds like something they're throwing in to make it sound like something something it's not but there it is it's crazy to me because of my position on guns but well sorry no you're good no that's there there were two things here the one of them said one of them said that in order for them to uh like enforce the gun control legislation that they want to that they would have to make 3d printers illegal Mm -hmm. because you can manufacture a gun that way hey man Goddamn uh, United States of America, freedom, <laughs> freedom, and just and just like those uh, those those like corporate words and political phrases that we hate so much, they've come up with a name for these guns, ghost guns, ghost. I guns. knew it. I had heard that. I did. I didn't know one hundred percent that's what it was, They're, but I'd seen ghost guns. Yep. And in you, the and, uh, and you can imagine in the aura. Yeah, yeah. You can imagine. There's no serial number. Yeah. There's no evidence that that you've created one. You can so you can badass. print one. Right. You can just print one. So they're called ghost guns, and we have, we should be afraid of them. Like we should be afraid yeah. of ghosts, Kyle. Yeah. Like Scooby fucking do. <laughs> All right, but this is the interesting bit. He said that Biden is doing this uh, as an executive order, which obviously we saw Trump do, we saw Obama do. Um, I don't like that at all, one bit no, fuck f- it. from either party. Sure. But uh, it's not like it's out of the ordinary. Yeah. But that's what he's doing, and this, and, and so Massey says that Biden is going this route through an executive order rather than trying to pass a law because if he does that that democrats have to uh, assign themselves they have to publicly agree and support the legislation yeah, nay, yeah. and because they believe it really is so unpopular that they don't want to do that they don't want to tie any democrats name to legislation even though they could pass it they have the they have the majority yeah. they'd rather just do it as an executive order so everybody else has plausible deniability because you're getting fucking voted out if you attach your name to that shit man exactly um yeah what, what do you think of that i mean it's kind of brilliant yeah it's maniacally brilliant it's fucking evil genius it's more evil genius shit you know um it doesn't endear me to the political elite it doesn't make me love them you know what you know? just popped in my head, Kyle? What? I, I was imagining like the um, like the uh, donkey and the elephant. Mm-hmm. Uh, only it was pinky in the brain. Oh, okay. And that's how that's how I imagine it. And I don't want to be disrespectful to the conservatives, but you, fuck them, man. But they're kind of like pinky in this situation, and uh, the liberals kind of like brain. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about normie conservatives, it's like I hope you 
can see the light someday, uh, but I'm really not that worried about. Just like, are you worried about offending like your typical liberal, like your typical like lefty? You know, I don't give a, f- a dude. I, that's like one of the. I, I'm glad that I finally realized that you just can't give a shit about these people. You know, and I mean, I, I've realized that for years. It's right. not like that's a new revelation, but you know. When social media was first out there, it's like, I don't want to tweet this because I might get in trouble or something, but no, I just, who cares? Right. So. Hmm. Uh, you know what, what comes to my mind about that is that the, that the liberals are, um, they, they're enforcing, they're enforcing those things, uh, their agenda, um, kind of like in a forceful way, like a bully. Sure. Yeah. And I just find that really, really interesting that that the the media continues to sort of shove shove the agenda down everybody's throats. Um, now the corporations are all on board. We talked about you know we talked about Coca Cola. We talked about MLB. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's lots and lots and lots of others for sure. That you know the whole cathedral, as you say, is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, it's just interesting, man. It's just it's re- it's just, it was an interesting time to live. Yeah, yeah, I am. Curious to see how things are going to go. We'll just put it that way. You know? Yep. Like, I don't know. Oh, I got a good, I got a good article for you, Kyle. Let's hear it. This is the last one on the conservative list anyway. Um, tell me what you think of this. Here's the, here's the title. Trump's wealth sh- shrunk because he put America first. That was the title of the article. And the details are that over the, f- the, the four years of Trump's presidency... He fell 300 spots on Forbes billionaire list, mm-hmm. and his net worth fell from 3.5 to 2.4 billion while he during the four years of his presidency. And he's the only president in modern history who's ever lost wealth as a, during the period that they were in office. That, to me, what am I trying to say here? To me, it seems like that. I, I'm really trying to find the the right way to phrase this. I just don't think that that's what the liberals should be like criticizing about Don. Doesn't it seem like that oh, if yeah. it was a, if okay if Bernie Sanders became president and they left and he left poorer, they'd be like that's he was working for the country, you know, like he just didn't pay attention to you know right. he wasn't paying as much attention to that stuff. Hmm. He was working on the country. Yeah. So, but remember, this article is coming from the conservative side. This is a this is a this is a Newsmax article. Yeah. So, and so I think what it's what it's trying to get across to us is that uh, Trump sacrificed. Okay. It's, so it's, it's like a, the uh, it's a, it's a a little bit of a, uh, an echo chamber situation. Here. Yeah. It's not a critique of Trump. It's a um, look what he sacrificed for, for yeah, you. It's, yeah. It's exactly what I just said with exactly, Bernie exactly. with Trump. Exactly. You know, yeah. So it's exactly. just shoe on the other foot. You got it. It's on the right foot this time. What do you think about that? I mean, like, um, obviously, I'm I'm not in favor of somebody taking. Uh, advantage of the information they have in the highest level of office, um, I'm, I, you know, to make money for themselves, to enrich their family and their friends. Yeah. I'm, I'm not against that. I, I'm not in support of that. Although it seems like it happens all the time, yeah. and, you know, and every and everywhere it's it's possible um, that that Trump lost uh, wealth during his time in office. I I don't. I mean, because it. I don't know if that's like lost business opportunity, although Trump did obviously still operate his business while he was, I don't know if he did, but it was still in functioning while he was the president. Um, I mean, this is saying his net worth actually fell. Yeah. By a significant amount. Yeah. 
I don't know, man. I don't know what it means, but I do know that the conservative media, what they want you to think it means is that Trump sacrificed. He's a patriot. Baby. He's a patriot. And he sacrificed, yeah. he sacrificed so much money for this country that most of us can't even imagine. Yeah. A billion dollars. Yeah. This guy, this guy sacrificed. Okay. So that's what we're supposed to believe there. What, I do think it's interesting that a lot of these people go into public office where you make, you know, the president makes a lot more money than I do. Sure. Um, but you look at somebody like Joe Biden, who was the vice president, and you look at the money he had before that and the money he had after that, and you look at his salary, and it's like, where'd all that extra money come from, Joe? Oh, yeah, exactly. But not just Joe. I mean, I mean it's, oh, yeah. it's been, yeah, yeah. you know. Widespread. Oh, yeah, widespread. Yeah. I mean, you look at just like the influence of lobbyist groups in the in Washington. And, I mean, that's where it's coming from. That's yep. a, a big portion of it. That's where it's coming from. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I if I could uh, if I could wave a magic wand and just have three wishes to solve the woes of of government, uh, getting rid of lobbyists entirely would be one of them. Fucking a. Um, making uh, voting um, or making legislation single item legislation. Period. Mm-hmm. So you're voting on one thing at a time, period. None of these giant bills what, full of pork. Would I even need I a third? Would I even need a third wish if we could do those two things? Dude, I mean, that would change things so drastically that, I don't know. I don't even know if you need a third one. Hmm. I'm with you. All right. All right. Let's get to the liberal the liberal side of the Goddamn news. Goddamn libs. Yes. Reading the news to own the libs. All right. Here we go. Um, this one is from the BBC. Uh, I don't know if I'd call them BBC liberal, but I probably would. Uh, this one says, "Yeah, I would." This one says, "Iran nuclear terrorists act at underground not not its facility." This was I don't know if you heard about this. This was a uh, I think it was an enrichment facility in Iran underground, like they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was I heard there was a blackout, like a power outage. I don't know I don't know what kind of damage was caused by that, but they but it wasn't something that was an accident. It was something that was sabotage. Oh, uh, the Israeli media said that it was an Israeli cyber attack. Now, I don't know if that means I, I can't imagine that means that the uh, that the Israeli government is admitting to doing it. I think it probably means they're admitting to that that an Israeli citizen was responsible for it. Not oh. not not that the government did it, hmm. but the idea that. Iran has a nuclear enrichment facility that is able to produce uranium like way better than, than they used to before. Yeah. And then in short order, we have this cyber attack that's caused the f- power grid to fail at the facility or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, to me, that sounds like something you would do if you were worried about it. You know, and if you were Israel, that's the, that's the, that's the likely culprit in the area. Oh, fucking A. Um, yeah, the whole Iran nuclear thing, I just... Uh, I mean, Israel has nuclear weapons. Do you think? Let's ask this question, Kyle. Do you think that that either the United States, as the world superpower, mm-hmm. or the, as like you know the the world as a whole in some way, have a responsibility to limit uh, new countries from have from from having nuclear power? No, not really. So if we allowed, you know, as let's say the United Nations, we just allow, uh, you know, a blanket. Uh, permission for for enriching uranium, for making nuclear power, and that's you know fine and good, and that that gives the, all of these countries then the access to nuclear weapons. Yeah, and you think um, that 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 
nobody has a role in preventing that, that it should be allowed. Well, I guess I don't necessarily think that nobody has a role in preventing that, but I don't think that anybody has a role, like, I don't know, like an ordained or justified role in doing that by force. I don't think that that's okay. Um, and, you know, if, if, what am I trying to say here? If there's, there's a process in making this uranium or, you know, developing this nuclear program, right? They're going to need things to get that. If a country has, if the, if Iran needs something from that country and that country says, no, I don't, it's not worth it to me to give that to you. That's, that's something. But if Iran goes and gets that from someone else, I don't think that America gets to walk in there or Israel gets to do a cyber attack on them. You know, I yeah. don't, I have, I have a real problem with that yeah. kind of shit. Yeah. I mean like, so just, to, uh, this is kind of a silly example. Maybe not, maybe not, but imagine, imagine that Mexico is working on, uh, I, you know, forgive me cause I could be embarrassing myself if Mexico has nuclear weapons, but I assume, <laughs> I don't know if they do. Or I not. assume that a country with, with the economic limitations that Mexico has probably doesn't have the money to fund expensive military programs. In any case, uh, imagine we have some real beef with the government in Mexico and Mexico is all of a sudden developing nuclear technology. Most people would agree Mexico as a sovereign country should have the ability like any country to make nuclear power if it's cheap and affordable and safe, they should be able to do that because it's a technology that's available and will benefit them. They should, why not? If it's their decision, yeah. let them do it. But if they turn around and use that technology to make weapons and we have some beef with them and we're worried about them and we think they're going to come, you know, take over Texas or something. Uh, and good luck, good luck, Mexico taking over Texas. Yeah. Don't, don't <laughs> but, fuck around. But, uh, but assume, but assuming that that's the case, do you feel as a citizen of the United States unsafe and that and that you think like that, that that the government has some responsibility to protect you by by keeping Mexico from having developing nuclear weapons. I don't think so. No. I mean so many countries already have nuclear weapons and I mean I just don't under, I don't think it's fair for us who have lots of nuclear weapons to look at Mexico and say you're not allowed to have any of these and you just have to trust us that we're not going to use them on you. Yeah. Listen man I don't disagree with you. Oh, I know you um, don't. I mean, necessarily. But. Well, th this is what I think. I, I think that, like, the um, liberal um, end game for weapons, let's say, is that uh, they're all illegal and people don't get to have them at all. And that will re that in and of itself will reduce violence across the board from, you know, global political, uh, you know, uh, battles all the way down to like interpersonal dis disagreements that if Which, nobody had weapons, we'd all be more respectful and nicer. Dumb. I mean, it's a it's a fallacy. It's not true. It, I can, well, it's I'll not, throw these hands. Right. motherfucker. Yeah, it's not achievable. <laughs> it's not achievable is the thing. But you but you might imagine somebody says if I could just poof, I could click my fingers, click my heels together like Dorothy. Sure. And all the weapons in the world are disappeared. That nobody had nukes, and that would be an ideal situation. That nobody has nukes. But this is the thing: the way the world exists today, where a handful of countries have nukes, um, it's kind of as just as good as all of the countries having nukes, in my opinion. Yep. It's like nobody's going to risk doing it because of mutually assured destruction. That's the phrase. Or at least you hope that nobody's crazy enough to flip that switch. Yeah. And, I mean, what do you do if somebody is? Like, I mean, I don't know. What? That's a great question. That's a great question, man. Imagine 
oh boy, imagine a situation where, you know, like China or, or Russia, let's say, sends a nuke to the United States, or the United States does that to one of them. Um, in, a, in a terrible hypothetical situation like that, you put yourself in the role of the guy in the radar station watching the bomb coming over t- towards you and being the person to make the call. Do, mm-hmm. I, do I alert the authorities? Because they're going to they're gonna push that red button the moment I pick up this fucking phone. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you let that missile s- strike and, and, and not retaliate in the hopes of saving other innocent lives? Why two wrongs don't make a right type of thing? Uh, what do you do? What do you do in that situation, man? Have you heard about uh, it's Reagan and I think it's Gorbachev? Have you heard about that? About the about the, the nuclear sub or the yes, I think I know what you're talking. We're about. like they are both like we. Could, I mean, I reasonably could send a nuke over there right now, and they're both like, no, no, I'm not going to do it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if they shoot it at us, I'm just not going to do it. So that's that says something to me, and I'm not like a fan of Reagan. I'm not like a Reaganite Republican for fuck's sake. Yeah, but. Listen, that's valuable. I mean, I don't know enough about Reagan and, uh, you know, I should, I probably should. But what I know about Reagan is that that, that guy said publicly that, that, that the government is not the solution to the problem. The government sure. is the problem. And yeah. that makes, I'm a fan of Reagan for that. And, and, and only that. You know? Sure. Sure. But I mean, I guess, I mean, Trump talked a good game when he went into, he's like, we're going to end the wars. You know, that's great. I love that. That's true. But did he do any of it? No, he didn't. Yeah, that's and true. Reagan talked a good game too, but he grew government. Like every president does, he grew the government. That's true. That's so. true. It's not really fair. You know, it's not fair to judge a candidate based on what they said when they were trying to get elected. Yeah. It's like what you say to a girl you're trying to get to go sure. home with you. Yeah. <laughs> you can't trust Absolutely. that. I think that there, I think that there is some value to it. Uh, especially if somebody walks the walk like Ron Paul. I oh, mean, yeah. you know, Ron Paul had a, a series of talking, I wouldn't even call them talking points. Ron Paul had a philosophy that he knew in and out. And, uh, you know, he got elected into Congress. And from what I understand, you know, lobbyists go talk to Congress people all the time. Oh, yeah. After, from what I understand, after a while of Ron Paul being in, they didn't even go visit him anymore. That's awesome. That's yeah. the best thing I ever heard of. That's great, man. It's incorruptible. Yep. Public servant, yeah. God, all right. All right. Let's, let's let's hope that that uh, rubbed off on Rand, and uh, we can put our put our faith in him. Maybe oh, fucking Rand, I love him, but I hate him. All right, what do you think of this? <laughs> USA Today, uh, John Boehner says, "Oh God, history won't judge Trump's presidency very well." Fuck John Boehner. That uh, I mean, you know, he's from Ohio, so. I don't really feel any affinity for him at all for that. I was just saying it for some reason. Yeah, I mean, I really don't give a shit what John Boehner says. John Boehner is the Republican Nancy Pelosi. You know, he's like, he's an establishment Republican. He cried all the time. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Fuck John Boehner. I just don't know. Who gives a shit? Who cares what John Boehner thinks? So what what that is is a, is somebody who represents the establishment, yeah, yeah, and point, pointing his finger at and trying to separate himself from Donald Trump because they because John Boehner and the establishment believe they have a better chance of you know winning the next the next race w- without Trump. Yeah, uh, that seems to be what it seems to be what we're is starting to stack up. That that's what I expect uh, that the Republicans are going to say. Gotcha. All right, let's see. What else we got? Uh, COVID hospitalizations among younger people are rising in the U.S. Oh, God. 
This is coming to you from CNN. Oh, God. COVID hospitalizations rising. But listen. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if you heard. There's the the. That we had the dreaded third wave. Mm-hmm. Now, now we're at, now we have a fourth wave. Oh no! Um, so it's like even uh, it's even dreadier than the first one. But packed with dread. But this is what I think is interesting about this. It's definitely one of those fear, fear, fucking fear articles where where we're noticing hospitalizations of COVID increasing. So I should be worried. But not not only that; these are younger people who oh, are God. generally of good health and strong. So you might want to be even extra worried yeah. here. Three masks. Uh, three masks. Uh, but this is the thing. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but recently with the vaccination like pushes, they've been uh, going through the like the more critical people first, and then they'll go down to the next rung and say, okay, now we're going to do this age group. Now we're going to do this age group. So they're starting with the most vulnerable pe- vulnerable people, and they're starting to work their way down the the pipe. Yeah. So what we're seeing now recently is more and more states saying that they're going to open it up to people um, eighteen and younger for yeah. vaccinations. Got so. It. So I, I immediately think to myself, we've been hearing now that vaccinations are going to be available for um, basically everybody in short, pretty short order. And, and here, the, here this article says that COVID hospitalizations are spiking among younger people. Yeah. So I just feel like, is it a coincidence that, that now that there's vaccines available for younger people and the government wants to push it out on them, yep. now we're hearing that the hospitalizations are spiking for younger people. Yeah. I don't know, man. This I'm putting my conspiracy theory hat on, but I'm wondering. Got to make that money for Pfizer and Moderna and, you know. I, I mean, again, it's like like I said with the uh, the throwing of the election or the alleged throwing of the election. I don't have proof of that, but I think that that is probably the case. Not even that if I found evidence, evidence of it, I would believe it's true. I tend to think that that's what's going on. I mean, you know... People like the Antifa types, they they talk about fascism all the time. Yep. But what's going on in America right now? This is like actual fascism. This like is the, actual a, a fascism. A marriage of corporations and the, and, uh, the United States, the, the state, you yep. know? So, uh, and, and a more uh, totalitarian control of public discourse yeah. and speech. Yep. That all goes along with fascism, and that's what's happening right now. 100%, but not from the people they're calling fascists. No. So, no, I mean, you know, they might have fascist tendencies of their own, but they're not the ones in power either. Like the, the, as much as the media, the cathedral wants you to believe that Republicans are in power, conservative, that is not the truth. And just fucking look around. And if you're not, you know, I don't want to use the R word, so I'm not going to, but if you're not that, then fuck, man, you should be able to see that conservatives are not pulling the strings right now. No, no. So. Well, at least the conservatives that are on TV. You know yep, I, mean. I do. Yep. Um, so there's another article that goes right along with this I thought was interesting, which comes to us from NPR. And the, the headline just says, more colleges say they'll require students to be vaccinated to return Saw to school. Too, yeah. So not only are COVID hospitalizations spiking among the younger people, but these colleges are going to make, make the kids do it before they can let them back in. What's the, what's the main age demographic of people who go to college? I mean, 18 to 35, probably? Yeah, just like right in there, you yeah. know? Yeah. Get these people, you know, just... I, I mean, I think that... I, I'm not interested in getting the vaccine, okay? I have no interest in getting it. Um, and if they try to force me to... And I don't even mean like they're going to come hold me down and force me to do it. I mean that they're going to like find a way to try to shun me from society because mm. I don't do it. Right. 
Um, I'm still not going to do it. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just don't. It, it all seems like uh, a ploy, like for these big pharmaceutical companies to make money. Mm-hmm. It seems like a ploy to be able to. Uh, invade people's privacy even more with these vaccine passport shit. Mm. That, that's kind of, you know, I didn't do an episode this Tuesday. I had some shit going on. Um, but that's kind of what I, I was just going to kind of come in and talk about, like that vaccine, vaccine passport. passport type shit. Yeah. Um, because that's super creepy. See, I mean, it is it is creepy because you can see, you can see what that might become. Yeah. Like it's just opening up the gates for some weird shit. You... Uh, now that we have Twitter and you're going to be kind of taking care of it, you I, you should maybe you'll get to see some of this stuff. But when they were talking about that in the news, the Libertarian Party of Kentucky mm-hmm. tweeted out something to the effect of comparing the vaccine passports to like yellow, mm-hmm. the yellow, you know, Star of David that they put yeah. on the Jewish people. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. And people freaked the fuck out naturally. Huh. Like a lot of these liberal people who spent four years saying Trump is literally Hitler are oh, like, yeah. you can't make a comparison to Nazi Germany. So, I mean, you know, but Hey just, man, this, there's another article that's right up this alley that yeah. is perfect for this conversation uh, from the New York times. Okay. And, I'll, and bear in mind, it's from the, the big New, boys it's from the New York times. Yeah. So listen, listen to how this is worded. It says his fence says black lives matter. His city says paint it over. Wait a minute. Can you do that one more time for me? Well, yes, I can. Thank you. He says, his fence says, Black Lives Matter. His city says, paint it over. So here's the story. Oh, my goodness. Uh, during the during the height of the Black Lives Matter stuff, um, uh, the, you know, there was a lot of murals being painted, but Black Lives Matter. Yeah. So this is in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. And they say it's a busy intersection, but it looks like a residential. It looks relatively residential in the image. And is it, it a George Floyd mural? It just it's a, it's just a, a concrete concrete wall uh, divider, and it's just painted Black Lives Matter okay. all the way across with a bunch bunch of decorations, and it's been there for a little while. Got it. And uh, when you read the article, it says it's it's on a busy intersection in in St. Paul, Minnesota, and they describe it as a cherished symbol for many for many Black residents, a cherished symbol. For many black residents, so it's been the there for to- like the tone of the article yeah. is that how dare the city of St. Paul or whoever whatever it is um, paint over paint what what the city is basically calling graffiti like it like anything there on a public wall that shouldn't be there from time to time we're we're gonna go and we're gonna paint it over um, and of course the article pens that as saying what the city is doing is stomping on the racial pride of its black citizens by painting over graffiti, which is how they would define, you know, th- what, what's happened to this wall. Um, how, what do you think about this? Um, I don't know. I have like m- mixed feelings about it because I think if these people want to paint their stupid fucking wall, I mean, I, I guess if, if, it, if it's public property, I guess, then they don't have any right to paint it. But I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the idea of public property in the first place. So uh, I, I mean, I don't agree with Black Lives Matter. I, well, let's, you know, be careful with the phrasing there. But that movement, I think, is a bunch of bullshit. I mean, you know, I've said things to that effect throughout this podcast. So, um, well, yeah, it's, it's definitely not clear to me. And this, this you could say this about uh, about the uh, Occupy Wall Street stuff. You mm-hmm. can say it about lots of different political movements. Is It's not clear to me if any of those have been grassroots. Yeah, it, it, for see, sure. It, it seems to me that... That there may be a grassroots element to that, 
but the stuff that we see in the news, the stuff that, that people are focusing on, uh, it seems it seems orchestrated to a large degree. And I'm not saying that there aren't legitimate people there because whenever you have a crowd developing, there'll be legitimate people who sure. gather around. There'll be legitimate interested people. But the little spark, the little bomb that, that goes off to create that, I just wonder how orchestrated those things are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, I mean, the things that spark them and then you think about maintaining them, to maintain a movement, you have to like give it exposure to the rest of the world. And who gives it exposure to the rest of the mm. world? These giant corporations, you know? Right. Um, so who are they going to give the exposure you know and that's one thing that they really fucked up with on trump you know they covered the fuck out of trump and mm -hmm. that, i think on some level they won him the election by doing that that yeah. first one. Oh yeah so uh, they made up for it the second time but <laughs> they did they did yeah interesting well i don't know man i um i yeah because to me this really this really boils down to like the definition of of graffiti if if this is a if this is like where I used to live, there was a uh, wall in the backyard that was a little bit past my property line on the p government's property, and it was a it was a sound barrier. You've all seen those driving driving down the highway with the sound barrier. Now, if I wanted to paint uh, the the inside of the wall facing my house, if I were to put that on there, you know, uh, I don't know that 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 uh, harms anybody, but if it's visible to my neighbors and they don't like it. Um, then it becomes, well, if I was a liberal, I might say a microaggression, you know, then it, be, sure. then it becomes something that's just bothering me. That's encroaching on me that I have to look at. I'm being forced to look at, and I don't, and I don't really want it there. Why am I being forced to see this, this thing? Um, you could see it that way too. And if it was a, you know, if it was black lives matter painted on there, or if it was just any old, you know, graffiti tags or what, whatever it might be, yeah. so, you know, wh whatever, is is there a difference there? And if one person if one person finds it offensive, if I'm a liberal, that argument seems to apply. If there's one person offended by it, then it then it should be taken down for everybody's you know you know mutual you know whatever. Yeah. Uh, of course, if if you're a white person saying that, or if you're or if you're somebody disagreeing with you know the the standard message that that you don't get that you don't get those privileges. Yeah. I mean, I think that this. This is a prime example of why the idea of public property is stupid. I mean, I, I understand that, like, you know, the pooling of resources and things like that. But, I mean, if you – if I mean, this is like the end of your property. I just feel like you should have some, you know, some say in it. Uh, but, it, yeah, I don't know. I just think that uh, if it was your private property – who no one should be able to tell you i mean so that's a that's a good question let's let's imagine this story is a public excuse me it's a private uh bar barricade it's a private wall sure but the but the protesters painted it black lives matter if i as a private citizen want to remove that from the wall so that it is not an eyesore for the rest of my wall let's say mm -hmm. um i i don't think that would be allowed i think there i think that there would be well i mean it, it, if it were done, there would be backlash. That's what that's what sure, I'm saying. Even yeah. even on a private person's wall. Yeah, yeah. Privately owned. Yep, I think that that's true. Um, Especially if that private person is rich. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. That that makes everything worse. Um, yeah, I don't I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, I mean, okay. I, I guess a good comparison, like taking it away from the wall, is like um, people making a big deal out of. 
statues and shit like that. Right. It's like the idea of public property, this idea that there's this square and this square is somehow owned by all of us and, you know, white people, black people, Asian people, Latino people, everyone, everyone who lives here, this is owned by you somehow. I can understand why if a person has like a very simple interpret or understanding of what the civil war was really all about, why they would be super pissed off if there's some statue of a Confederate soldier. I get that. Mm -hmm. So get rid of public property. And if this guy who has this nice property and is, you know, wants to put up a Confederate statue, you can't do anything about that. You don't have to go. You don't have to go to the park. Yeah. I actually, I actually don't object to that very much, but this is where I wonder what you think about is if we get away, get do away with uh, public land, um, then all land has to be in the hands of s- some private uh, group or, or, or individuals. What about, um, what about parks? What about um, hunting land? What about that stuff? Uh, I mean, you know, I don't have all of the answers to these things, but I think like... Because I can see like a short-sighted uh, capitalist, you know, guy who finds himself in a position to buy a bunch of parkland because we've done away with private property or public property rather. And he just logs the whole thing and it just, he just leaves a wasteland of just, you know, Yeah, I don't think, you know, we were talking about um, like mutually assured destruction with that. I don't think that somebody would do that kind of thing. Not, I mean, I don't even necessarily think that if you cut down all the trees that you're like, I mean, you're, that's a stupid idea. And that's why I think that somebody, I I'm just not really that worried about it. I mean, the, you think about the logging industry. Is the logging industry, like, in bad shape right now? Do we really need to start cutting down Yosemite, you know? No. I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. It doesn't seem like it. It seems like the lumber industry is doing well. That's, that's true, man. And it, it actually seems like like when, when things first started going paperless, uh, like, you know, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, it seemed like that was a pipe dream. But yeah. today, it seems like we're, we're we're almost done with paper, man. Yeah. I don't know how much longer we're going to have paper. I think that that type of thing, eventually, that is going to spread to other things. Like, well, we don't even have two-by-fours anymore. We don't mm. even put two-by-fours. Mm. Nobody's built a house with fucking two-by-fours in a decade, <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, that's interesting. I don't know. Um, but that's all just like, you know, your typical free market shit. Just get out of the way um, and... Yeah, I mean, I guess bad things are probably, you know, you're not going to, some things are going to go wrong for sure, but are things going well now with all the, like, government, I mean, are things running, t- you know, yeah. really running smooth? It doesn't seem like it. No, it doesn't. So, it doesn't. I don't know. Uh, okay, so there's a couple other things that Politico came out with recently that seem to also be putting support behind the idea that the Republican Party is breaking with, with Trump. Yeah. And this is where I find it funny. And I'll read these to you, but th- these these articles that are supporting the idea that Trump and the Republican Party are, are sp- splitting, Yeah, they're coming from the most left, you know, uh, <laughs> a publication that you could, you could choose, right? Yeah. So to me... I don't know that these are facts. I don't know that any of these headlines are facts. Sure. I don't assume that when I read these things. I assume it's probably not, you know, it's it's probably Spin. gray, right? It's gray. Yeah. So when, when, I, when I read this, I think that what Politico wants you to think if you're conservative is that you shouldn't support Trump. You should, you should follow the party line like you know you want to, you Republican bastard, and go with John Boehner and all, and all, the, and all the party party people because 
because Trump's in the minority and the party's going in this other direction. Sure. That's what Politico wants me to think when they say this. They say Republicans are not pleased with Trump's uh, Mar-a-Lago speech. Um, I'll talk about that in a second. The other one is GOP donors privately panned Trump's horrible RNC speech. So two articles talking about Trump's speech. Uh, what did he say that was so horrible in the speech? Did you happen to pick this up? I don't know. Uh, well, which speech? Uh, well, the one at Mar-a-Lago specifically. I know he. I think he called um, Mitch McConnell like a dumb bastard or something like that. He called him a dumb son of a bitch. Dumb son of a bitch. Okay. Uh, but he also said he was disappointed in Pence in the same in the same uh, uh, speech. Sure. So those are the two things that they are that they're talking about. And basically, what Trump is saying is that uh, is that. Uh, Mitch McConnell and uh, and maybe even Pence to some degree um, sabotaged the success of the Republican message that the conservatives had an opportunity that they could have they could have done things and they didn't because because the rest of the party was against Trump and because obviously the left was against Trump he had you know three quarters of the world against him the whole time mm-hmm. uh, that that that's kind of the message I took from it. Got it. But what political what Politico wants you to think is that if you're a conservative, you want to you want to follow the mainstream, uh, and Trump is not the mainstream. That's yeah. what they want you to think. It's just, I mean, why do they think that people want to follow the mainstream? Like, what what looking at the last six years, mm-hmm. you know, five years, whatever that Trump has been the public figure that he was. Um, what about all of that history makes people think that these Trump supporters want to follow the mainstream? It's like you're. Well, that's the thing. I don't. I don't know that. I, I don't know that that's what they think. But what. But what they're saying is, they want conservatives to follow the mainstream. I, yeah, the, I, I understand. The, the liberals want that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. get. I get that. I just don't understand why they think that saying that is going to be effective. Like that's a good question. I, in my mind, and I don't even consider myself a conservative on really many levels at all. Um, but when I hear that. And this is how I felt the entire time. I'm like, all right, well, that they don't like Trump, so that makes me like Trump a little bit, you know? <laughs> right. Um, See, I, I felt that way with the political yard signs. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I saw so many Hillary yard signs, and I thought to myself, this is counterproductive. Like, every every one of these Hillary signs that I drive by makes me want to vote for Trump more. Yeah. It's like, I, I you know... They think that they think that if they can advertise that more people see Hillary, 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 that they're going to go vote for. Her. And for so many people, that's just like uh, like another pinch. It's just like another you know uh, injury every sure. time I see one of those things. Um, and and I, f- I feel like the more yard signs I see in favor of one candidate, the more bitter people are voting the other way. Yeah, and I feel like it might also have the effect of people are driving down the street and maybe they want to vote for Hillary, but they see all these signs and they're like, oh, it's, uh, Hillary's going to win. That's true too. Yeah. I think that's also very true. I think that was a huge part of when Trump beat Hillary is that everyone was like, oh, fucking Donald Trump. Give me, like, obviously Hillary's going to win. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think there were a lot of factors in that election, but I think that was one of them. I have an idea, Kyle. What's that? Let's just have two presidents. Hear me out. Like like ancient Republican Rome? No, no, because they don't have to work together. Um, oh, okay. We're, we're gonna have a uh, we're gonna have a Republican president. Okay. And all the red states will have that as their leader, and then we'll have a, a Democratic president, and all the blue states will have him or her as their leader, and um, uh, you know, they don't only have to work together on trade and national defense, and then they can just 
Well, then they probably have to have their own Congresses. Okay, then we're going to have a Republican Congress and a, and a, and a Democrat Congress. Let's. I'm. I mean, I don't think it's perfect, but I like it. it <laughs> it's more decentralized than what we have now. It is, but it also doubles the size of the federal government. I don't know about that. Well, not the federal government as a whole, but the executive uh, and legislative cuts, branch. I mean. If there are two separate Congresses and Senates, it kind of cuts them in half. Right, it does. Mathematically, you, it would, wouldn't it? Okay. All right, I'm on board. I mean, you know, like I said, I, I think that we could probably do better, but, I mean, that sounds better. Mm. That sounds better than what we got going on now. You know what that reminds me of? Earlier, I had three wishes, and I couldn't I couldn't come up with a third one to fix the, the political system in this country. Yeah. The third one would be to do away with parties. Sure. No more parties. Everybody's an individual with their own ideas and no party, no affiliation. You can't say that I'm this or that and I and I have all of these thoughts and opinions because I'm this or that. Everybody has to be judged on their own individual merits. Are people allowed to like no collaborate? No, there's no collaboration. No. Just, no. That's hilarious. I, I, you know, <laughs> I I also don't think uh, I also don't like those political ads at all like like just like your typical political like uh election ad yeah okay i don't like them i I think that you know how some people say like in the united states and new zealand is the only place where they can advertise for pharmaceuticals oh yeah i feel like advertising for pharmaceuticals and advertising for government for for uh, a political uh message those things should be illegal like they should be they should be completely illegal if you're one of those people that gets your information about who to vote for from a commercial you should not be voting and if if you're one of those people that has to ask your doctor about a a particular medication you don't need that shit man you saw it on tv and you know come on well i don't know about the I think that advertising is kind of a slimy industry in general. Yes. That being said, uh, you know, like some guy is sitting at home and he, you know, he's got like terrible, uh, like acid reflux. He's got something going on there. Yep. And he sees this ad for whatever the stupid named uh, pharmaceutical they have yep. for it. I mean, that's not bad, but I. Well, here, here's there, my here's there are my negatives. Take. Here's my take. Yeah. There are a hundred different medications for his acid reflux. Yeah. One of them he's seen a commercial for. Sure. He should go to his doctor and say, doctor, I have acid reflux. And the motherfucking professional should give him a medicine for it. Yeah. He shouldn't be saying, doc, I saw this commercial for this one medication. What? I saw a commercial. That makes me an expert? No. Um, I mean, I agree with that. I don't think that. That's know. the point. I see a, com- a political commercial and now I'm an expert. Yeah. No. And if you're voting because you saw a political commercial and that convinced you, you're an idiot. I guess my I, – I guess my, I have, like, more resistance to the pharmaceutical thing because that's just, like, that one guy affecting his life. Whereas the political ads, you're brainwashing people and they're voting and that has an effect on me, you know, so. I don't know, man. If, uh, if, if two blood pressure medications – you know, if there's two blood pressure medications, one of them has certain risks and, you know, rewards different than the other one, and one of them is being advertised, and 98% of the people get that prescription versus the other one, to me, that's a manipulation of people that goes beyond, uh, that goes beyond reasonable. And with political commercials, it's the same thing. How do you, I mean, as a person who values, like, liberty, how do you stop a company from advertising? So, like, you were talking about those two blood pressure medications. you got the one that advertises and gets all the business. Why doesn't the second company advertise? <laughs> I mean, well, that's a good question. That's a good way of putting it. Uh, but I just think that, that 
because you because there's a professional mediator that I'm paying money to for their professional services in this case medical services I should be relying on the expertise of the doctor but at the same time I completely understand your point and as an individual even in that situation sure if it's important if my health is important to me I should be doing the research you're 100% but, I agree with but you people don't and I yep. you know I and I I'm a little bit of a hypocrite there because I I see both sides of the of that coin the big brother side and the independent side I kind of see both yeah I kind of see both I I mean I see where you're coming from too but I just think that fall, it really does fall more on like the doctor. Some guy, some doctor comes in. He's like, I saw this commercial. And he's like, Well, there are actually a lot of odds. Like that's what it's what your fucking job is, man. Right. So, I don't know. Yeah, and so, but you know what? Like the whole pharmaceutical system where those sales reps come in and they and oh, they're yeah. pushing, they're so pushing their, their, yeah, it is, man. Remember that movie, Love and Other Drugs? I love that movie. I do too. We'll that's not talk good. about why. <laughs> well, you know what? It's not just about Anne Hathaway, although, good God. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal too to good, be fair good god <laughs> um, it's a good looking couple yeah. uh, but it's a really good movie it and, is a good you know, movie funny I'm not, I'm not one of those guys that likes a lot of uh, uh, chick movies but that's a really good movie man yeah I guess that is a chick movie but it was a good one it was a good one yep um, Anne Hathaway Anne Hathaway alright uh, okay here we go so here, here's an interesting one from Politico China admits its vaccines aren't very good. Okay. (laughs) China admits that? China admits its vaccines aren't very good. Well, I mean, does it really surprise you? I mean, Um, why would China admit that, though? Well, you know, it's just one of those things where I like to try to read between the lines on this. I mean, if Politico's saying that China admits its vaccines aren't very good, assuming that's the truth, that some that some representative from the Chinese Communist Party said that publicly. Uh, the fact that Politico's telling it to me means that Politico wants me to know it. So, he, so here we have a, a fact that's selected from the ether that, I, that I'm, supposed to, I'm supposed to be digesting now, that yeah. China, China has vaccines and they're not very good. Um, you know, I, there's been a lot of uh, coverage of uh, tensions with China. Like there's an article in here about China's um, um, uh, Air Force doing exercises in Taiwan's airspace and, you know, Taiwan being very concerned um, and the United States being very concerned about that. Plus, there's the everything about, uh, con- you know, about the, the origins of the coronavirus possibly being from a lab in China. So, you, so you're getting a lot of this sort of anti-Chinese stuff in the in the media uh, in various ways. And of course, also the the anti-Asian racism ads of we've course, already we've already talked about. But I just wonder if this fits in somehow. Uh, I don't know. Are we supposed to feel bad that the Chinese people, you know, where the uh, virus may or may not have um, originated, that they're suffering more than us because their vaccines aren't good? Are we supposed to feel bad for, for the Chinese for that? Or I don't think that they are suffering worse than we are, to be honest with you. I think uh, I've heard people talking about how these viruses come from there. There's lots more of these types of viruses in that like area of the world than there are here interesting so they you know even if you don't even if your body hasn't had this particular strain of the covid virus before you've still seen all of these other covid viruses and uh that implies some really like dark stuff that i don't put past china Mm -hmm. at all just knowing what i know about china Uh, i mean that implies that they blew all of this up and locked 
down like way worse than we did. Um, mm. Like welded people into their homes and shit. Right. Well, we wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not allowed to know. Um, but that they did that, like for political theater to cause all of this, you know, like to get the world like, hmm. you know, panicky. I don't know. Well, it'd be interesting, like in the long run, what, like in hindsight, when we look back at all this, you know, when it's and it's in the in the rearview mirror, and we ask ourselves, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, you know, what what kind of conspiracy. Th- theories we can kind of weasel out of what ends up happening uh but you know there's so many unintended consequences of 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 things to think that to think that any large percentage of the consequences of covid were like anticipated and intentional to me seems a little bit ridiculous I, i think that even if this was uh, something that, um, like, let's say ch- the Chinese labs have a history of producing these things. They've been working on them for a long time. It's the reason. It's the reason we saw the bird flu and the swine flu, and now this one and all that. Even if all of that is true, and it's this big, big conspiracy, to think that uh, to think that the Chinese government would have released this, and and were comfortable, confident that they knew what the consequences were going to be, that they had an intention for releasing it, and it was going to serve that goal. They had, I mean, that just seems unbelievably unrealistic. I don't think it seems as unrealistic to me. To me, and I don't even, I don't even necessarily think of it in terms of they intentionally released it or anything, although they very well may have. I don't know. Um, but for me, it's just like, uh, what's that old line? Like, never let a, a good tragedy go to waste. You yep. know, it's like there's this thing and everyone's all worked up about it. Yeah. And let's just, like, spin it a little bit and take yeah. advantage of it. Well, that's way more realistic, yeah, yeah. in that in that way. Um, and, I mean, I guess, I guess it is a little bit more realistic than, like, some maniacal, like, scheme. But, I, I mean, it's still kind of crazy. But I just don't – I don't know, man. I, I wouldn't put anything past these people. Um, yeah. You know. Fucked up shit happens in China, man. It does indeed. Yeah. Uh, all right, listen, man. How about we got we got one more story? Let's do, and then we'll wrap up. All right. This one, I th- and I'm skipping a little bit one because there's one about uh, the unions and Amazon, which oh, is interesting. Yeah. But I think there's a more interesting one, and wow. here it is. There was an article that NBC had out, and the title was, "What is Camilla Harris doing?" That was the title of the article. It's Camilla, you C- racist. Camilla, excuse me. <laughs> and when you read the article, when when you read the article. The context is, what is she doing? Because remember, Joe Biden put her in charge of the border crisis. So yeah. what is she doing has to do with with handling the border crisis. Okay. Uh, but this is the thing. Her role in that campaign, whatever you want to call it, her role has not been defined. So when Joe Biden says, uh, Kamala's got this, but nobody knows what that means. Yeah. Nobody knows what her powers are. Nobody knows what the goals are. It's just undefined. So there's, that's a little bit un- unsettling. Uh, the second part of this is um, there was a related article about Biden proposing. Now, don't tell me if you heard this. Proposing that we give cash payments to migrants with the condition that by accepting the money, they won't come here. He, he's saying that we are going to send stimulus money to South America and Central America to prevent people from coming illegally over the border. So this is this is a proposal. Again, I don't know how far they, how far we are there, but there's questions. What's what's Kamala doing? And this is Joe's best idea. Yeah. What do you think, man? Um, I, I honestly kind of have been wondering with Joe Biden kind of being 
like absent. I wonder if they're seeing like how much they can get away with not putting out there. You know, mm. like if I don't, if we don't go out there and talk it, talk about it, people can't complain about it. You know, um, I don't know, uh, but I mean that idea is stupid. I mean, let's send uh, our printed monopoly money down there. Um, yeah, I've heard it. I can't remember who I heard say this, but I've heard it a bunch of times that. Foreign aid is sending is collecting money from poor people in one country and sending it to rich people in another country. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, so, like, let's send okay. So let's send this money to South America, and at best, it's going to get folded into like, um, like progressive state programs at, at, for poor people. At best, yeah. At, at best. worst, who fucking knows? If you if you sent money to I don't know Cuba, let's say, and you don't think Raúl Castro's yeah. pocketing all that money, sure. you're you're nuts. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good point, man. So I mean, just let's just not do that. I don't know. Well, I mean, so we we talked about you know inflation and the cost of all these bills, the, the stimulus and all this stuff before, and what the risks might be, and that's a really scary. That's a really scary thing. And obviously, sending money, the same sort of thing we're doing for our people to do that for, for people of, an, of another, yeah, for the world basically. This is the thing we're talking about: trillions of dollars. Now, I don't I don't know about you. But for trillions of dollars, the federal government could have forgiven the debts, not, for, not, just, not just the student loans, but all of the debts of every citizen in this country. Yeah. Can you imagine freeing up the economic power of having zero debt for 360 million people in this country? Imagine the boom to that. I mean, I don't even know that it would necessarily be good, but, you know, I, it makes more sense than what's been done. It, it, would, it would have a dramatically positive a, a pa- impact on the economy and spending in the short term sure. for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. What, what happens in the long term, God knows. Yeah, yeah. But he, we, we could have done that, or Biden could have could have could have done that, but he didn't. Instead, we got fourteen hundred dollars checks if, over over a year. Yeah. I don't know about you, buddy. I can't live off fourteen hundred dollars. You know, and my student loan debt's still there. And he, we, t- we what, what happened to that conversation, Joe? That was that was election <laughs> shit, dog. That was uh. That was election banter. So I want to know. I want to know what what an everyday liberal person who supported Biden and Harris, what, like what, what my grandma would have to say yeah. about about the idea of sending taxpayer dollars overseas to to poor people overseas as a means of preventing this border crisis. Well, I don't mean this about your grandma, but I think that a lot of these idiots are honestly. I think that they're still coasting on the at least it's not Trump shit. I think that that's a huge part of it. Mm. These a lot of these liberal, Democrat, lefty, progressive type people. It's just well, Trump's gone, so you know we don't have to worry anymore. What's so. it, it's interesting when we go through all of the articles we went through, and we we covered a pretty good sampling. There's been no talk apart from the article about Trump's wealth shrinking. There's been no talk from the conservative news about Trump in a political capacity at all. Yeah. But on the liberal side, it came up over and over and over. Yeah. So even even though he's out of the out of office, they still can't shut the fuck up about Trump. Yeah. So you know, I don't know. I don't know what the, I don't know what the end game is. But he's all over the place in in the the liberal news. Yeah. Even now, I I, I kind of wonder what the uh, what am I trying to say here? The motivation for the left is to hate Trump so much. I almost think that. They should love Trump because Trump, while he ran as kind of like an outsider, 
he didn't really govern as one. I mean, he kept all the wars going. He he wasn't really that radical of a, a conservative president, you know? Yeah. But they build him up like he's Hitler. And I almost feel like they should pump him up. He's the best thing that ever happened to them. Like, CNN was on its last leg. Now they're doing great because of, That's you interesting. Know, yeah. Um, and I, that almost, you know, like we were talking about the Bolsheviks uh, and them propping up that fake opposition. Honestly, it almost makes me wonder about Trump. Like... I don't know, dude. Well, you know, I don't know either. It seems to me that they they were able to handle keep keep Trump under control, um, and it it wasn't easy. It doesn't doesn't seem like because of all the effort they put into it. Whether that was necessary or not, I don't know. But they put a lot of effort into it, yeah. but they kept him in check, just like every every party keeps the other party in check to the extent they can. It didn't seem any different to me having Trump in office uh, as any other Republican. Yeah. You know, president, it didn't seem that different to me at sure. all. I, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I, I really don't even know what to say. I mean, I just think it's weird. I think the whole thing is, you know, it, it's bewildering. It's bewildering. Politics is bewildering. But even we're talking about it right now, man. Yeah, well, you know, I'm a glutton for punishment. <clears throat> all right, ladies and gents. Well, I don't know that we have any answers for the questions but I do think it's interesting um, just looking at the news from the perspective of what are you hearing like Jordan Peterson always says that there are an infinite number of facts you have to select the facts that you think are important to have any meaningful narrative so when I look at the news I, I say okay of all of the infinite number of facts what are what are both sides wanting me to hear today yeah and that's how I look at it and that sounds very postmodern it does. Yeah. Like, that sounds super-duper postmodern. And coming from somebody, Jordan Peterson, who is not a fan, that's interesting. It is interesting. We'll, all right, we'll do, we'll do postmodernism on another day. But No, let's do it now. No. <laughs> Second right. episode. All right, good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Later.